coming at you with week number five zero. We've made it to 50 of the Pretty Crazy Podcast. Hey, I was going to say cast. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, it's one word. Are you ready for this pretty crazy episode? I'm ready for this pretty crazy episode. It's half a century. We're ready to get into it. Half a century. Half a century. It's it's amazing that there's 52 weeks in a year and we're over a year and we're only at 50. But, you know. You know, you miss a few weeks here and there. It happens. We're only human. Yeah, yeah. and you can uh, definitely hear the clip-clopping of our dog. Yeah, we cut her nails, so we promise. It's just... No matter how short we we cut them. She's a mini Clydesdale. They still clippy cloppy. (laughs) Okay, so this is a crazy, maybe pretty crazy case of Estelle and John Braun. John Braun. (laughs) It's funny because most of the things say Jonathan. Yeah. But this is the first time I've said John Braun out loud. (laughs) John Braun. The porn star, John Braun. John Braun. Okay, so... John Braun John. <laughs> the action star now. I actually don't know what his middle name is. John Braun John. <laughs> okay. Two first names. So, um, um, Estelle was... Um, it was Estelle Hill. That's her maiden name. Okay. Uh, was born March 14th, 1986. Um, Tomoti and Donna Hill in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Um, Moti, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, it's like a Jewish name, so I don't, I don't know. Um, he was a successful real estate um owner, and then Donna owned a dance studio. Dance, dance. <laughs> um, Estelle had two sisters. Uh, Danielle was born 1989. Represent? No. And Alana was born in 1991. Oh, she missed it. So close. She could have been like you. Could have been like me. Um, So being a dancer her whole life, she um, actually got into the Nashville Ballet Academy. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, And during this time, she was able to enroll at Belmont University um, because they had a partnership with the Nashville Ballet. I've actually heard of Belmont. Me too. Like a little bit. But for basketball. Oh, really? Because they do, you know the tournament and they do upsets i can't figure out why i know it and like i'm afraid that i'm thinking of something else oh i'm not sure why like isn't like belmont stakes yeah belmont stakes that's not the same thing though is it i don't know i have no idea okay so um but they have a good basketball program well they have an okay basketball program (laughs) they make it to the ncaa tourney as a 15 seed i mean that's something that's something Okay. So, um, on par as Robert Morris. Oh, okay. I think it's a Christian school. Oh, yeah. Um, so while while attending college as a freshman, Estelle met Jonathan Braun, um, at her roommate's party. Um, he was born July 19th, 1986, in Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. To Clifford and Barbara Braun. Barbara. Oh, these names. 
Um, hey, Clint, she didn't get to choose it. <laughs> Barbara Braun. Um, Clifford worked as an engineer, and um, Jonathan's mom was just a, not just, but she was a homemaker. Yeah. Whoa. You just <laughs> said that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a homemaker. No, there's not. Um, so Jonathan was going to Belmont for engineering physics. Oh, good man. So, decent. Decent job. Just a little bit. Just a, just a little bit. But I don't know what the difference between engineering physics is and just regular engineering. Um, so that's a focusing on physics. Well, yeah, I but don't all it. engineers have to focus on physics? No, they just brush over them. Hmm. Okay. So Not later, really, but, you know. I, I don't know. Um, so later in her freshman year, Estelle actually got into a really bad car accident and shattered her left ankle. Oh, man. Um, so that ended her career in ballet. Oh, shattered her career. <laughs> it shattered her career. Um, but they, but they had an exercise science major, so she just chose to do that instead. Okay. Um, the pair dated throughout college, but they were very often on, um, they had a rocky relationship according to college friends um, and her sisters who ended up going to the same college later, but she had yeah. already graduated at that point um, or at least close to it. But um, there was like never outward sides of abuse, but the fights were often heated, typically with one of them leaving the bar and not speaking for a few days until they cooled down. Oh, so now there's the bar involved. <laughs> I law mean, this students. Is, this is Nashville. Law so. students. Oh my goodness. They're, they're not law I students. Know, but but I know, but I was. Jeez, <laughs> I can't make a bar joke. You're oh, going to be disbarred. Oh. Yeah, now you get it. You're disbarred. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking Kicked about how, how cool the Nashville scene had out. been. Um. So after graduation, they kind of moved towards being more on than off, um, and they actually moved in together. Probably not for a good reason, but you know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, so Estelle actually got a job with Enchanted Dance Company. Enchanted. And she was a trainer. Ooh, okay. So I mean like. And she says, I could have made it <laughs> if it weren't for my bum ankle. <laughs> you could do if it and, weren't, and if you it know, weren't ankle, for your shitty work ethic. <laughs> ankle issues are just horrible. Yes, they um, are. And then John was hired on at TAS Engineering. Okay. So after a few years, they were engaged and they got married on October 27th, 2014. I was going to say 1914. Engaged before they were born. <laughs> awesome. Um, they bought a house uh, nearby, like their work, and then their relationship seemed to be steady and they were focused on respective careers um so no kids or anything no kids okay um but they had a lot of family and friends over for like weekend and holidays i would have had kids if it weren't for my <laughs> bum ankle <laughs> you can't take this she's like i don't have time for kids so um flip forward to november 10th 24 20 oh my god i can't read 2017 yes so police answered a call at 13 starlight lane and john was visibly distraught he said he hadn't seen his wife since the morning of the previous day. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which was Thursday the 9th. Um, she was gone when he got back that night um, from work. 
So John said that he had called around to her friends and family the morning that he called the police and no one had heard from Estelle. Um, he also tried to phone her work, um, but they said she was, she had called out sick. Okay. So then, um, oh man, I just moved, I lost my spot. Hmm. So he told the police that um, her phone and wallet were gone, but her car was still, in the, well, they could see her car was still in the driveway. Yeah. Um, and he did mention that they had been arguing about money the morning, like Thursday morning. Yeah. But they said they would talk about it whenever he got home from work. Um, and he figured that when she got, when he got home and she wasn't there, that um, she was just pissed off and wanted yeah. to be a friend. I mean, I mean, like how... How much money are we talking about? Because like he, I don't know. They he, he said he, he probably makes decent money. She makes decent money. I mean, yeah, and I think their house was pretty pretty nice too. Yeah. Um. So he yeah so he said that they they were going to talk about that night, but she wasn't there, and she would occasionally stay with her friend uh, Becky Bowery, um, because she w- lived walking distance away. So okay. that would make sense that her car was still there, but her phone and keys were gone. Okay, that wouldn't make sense. Um, so he did not attempt to call her on Thursday night because he assumed that that would just piss her off even more. Well, yeah. It's a fair assumption. It is. Um, but it had to have been pretty bad that she just, like, left. But, like, they kind of had a a history of needing a couple of days to cool off. It seems that way. So, um, Detective Selena Corey and Detective Joe... Joe... Steven were assigned to the case and decided to check over at Becky's. Um, since she wasn't at work, you know, she had to have been there. So when they got to the house, uh, the house was dark and there was no signs of anybody. So they went down to Becky's work. She worked at a bakery that wasn't too far away. Becky's bakery. Becky's bakery. I don't think she owned it. I think she just worked there. Oh. <laughs> it's still the Becker- Becky's bakery <laughs> that she owned. Um, so she seemed very overwhelmed with the news. Um, she said that she had felt there was something wrong, but didn't know if it was worth contacting the police. So she went down with them to the station because at this point they're thinking that she's the last person who has seen her. Yeah. So Becky explained that she had been expecting Estelle for dinner on the 7th. So that was what, three days earlier, but she never showed up. Huh. Um, and that was like very unlike her. Like they always like had plans and if not, they would, you know, call each other, text each other. And she said she tried calling her a few times, but it went directly to voicemail. Oh no. Um, she also tried calling John the same night and his voice, his calls also went to voicemail. Oh no. (laughs) Um, she had also texted her a few times, um, and it kept coming up undelivered. Like the phone was off. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so um, she did a quick drive-by of the house, and she noticed the lights were off, but that her car was in the driveway, um, but John's truck wasn't there. So later that night, all of the texts were delivered, and she got a response back on Wednesday morning saying, sorry for the no-show, I didn't feel well, talk soon. Mm. Um, This wasn't her usual type of response, but Becky assumed that maybe she was, you know, just not feeling well and she was going to the the doctor or something. It's never the case. It's never the case. (laughs) This would not be a story if that was the case. It's never the case. Girls know. Girls Girls do know. know. Um, So she had not heard anything since that text on Wednesday morning. 
Um, she said she had a bad feeling about it and that um, Estelle and John were at odds, but more so because he she had found out that he was having an affair. And she was a, she was going to confront him about it. That's why they were having money problems. Yeah. Because he was blowing it on some slur. Literally, like that's like the next slide. <laughs> oh, man. So there had been some purchases on one of those shared cards that they had. Um, but it wasn't a card that I guess she used very often. And she got a, um, like a, a notification about like fraudulent purchases Yeah, because there were a lot of purchases made at a big chain jewelry store. Oh yeah. And then some other random ones that seemed out of the ordinary. She also noticed some like dinner places on nights that she was out with like her family and friends. Oh, that makes sense. So just fancy dinner, wine and dine and jewelry. Well, especially because he had claimed that he was going out on guys' nights on the nights that she went out with girls' nights. But they're probably not gonna go to the fancy restaurants that he was hey, going to. Hey, I mean, no judgment, but like you the jewelry treat your, treat your probably, bros well. The jewelry you is treat your bros well. But you um, treat your hoes well. And then if he did come home after her, he would immediately shower um, yeah. before coming to bed. <laughs> and he said that was because they were in smoky bars. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> As Tech Nine says, you uh, don't use the soap because it don't leave because it will leave a scent. It's true. So, um, and then they'll know. Then they'll know. Um. Uh, so whenever Becky didn't hear from her on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. She did reach out to her sisters because they were all very close and nobody had heard from her. But uh, Danielle said that it was normal for her not to hear much from her sister because they didn't text as often. But Alana said that she had also texted her and didn't get anything back. Um, But she did text her in the morning of Wednesday as well. Okay. So we're putting her timeline now that she's around on Wednesday morning. Yeah. So um, none of her family knew that that uh, there was an affair. Okay. So she's trying to keep it under wraps. Only Becky knew about it. She didn't want to do anything until after she confronted him. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, making it public knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. So um, John had been taken in for questioning around the same time, you know, like a little bit before they got to Becky. Um, he said that he did not need a lawyer because he had nothing to hide. Mm. Mm. yeah that's uh, wrong that never works out that's wrong (laughs) um however he seems to appear stunned whenever the police mention that um they know about the affair Mm. so he did not know that she knew oh so um they continue on him stating that after work on tuesday she had to have come home since her car was there and she had been at work Okay. Um, but that she wasn't seen again, and that makes him the last person to see her. Hmm. So it's interesting that he was stunned enough that, you know, he put on an act good enough to quote fool the cops that <laughs> he was stunned. Yeah. That that he, she knew. That she knew. Um, when pressed about the affair, he admits that there was someone else. Yeah. Um, but that it wasn't serious. Um, her name was Ivy, and they had met at work. And it was just innocent flirting until one night they stayed over for a conference in Atlanta. One night? One night in Atlanta. Gets, gets your jewelry. 
yeah. and uh, Dina? Well, he said that eventually they started meeting up every time that Estelle went out with her friends or sisters, oh. which was two or three nights a week. So it started out very casually and it kind of escalated. But you're married. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so he did say that he was with Ivy the night of the 7th. Um, and he was with her directly after work and then came home around 11 p.m. And Estelle was already asleep. Yeah. Um, so since he works longer hours than her typically nine-hour days with a slightly longer commute, he cannot account for if she did go to work on Wednesday and Thursday, but assume that she had. Okay. So the detectives are then like, okay, well, let's talk to the workplace. So they call her boss, and she had called in sick on Wednesday. Oh. Um, and she said that she had strep throat, so she might be out for a couple of days. Strep throat? Yeah. But he said that he... That she never mentioned to him that she wasn't feeling well. So he said that he mu she must have been lying about having strep. Mm. <laughs> this case is so crazy. But she did call in, though. Yeah. Not, like, text in. Yeah, she called in. So that's interesting. Yeah, so that was Wednesday morning. Yeah. Um, so, again, like, the timeline keeps moving back and forth. Okay, so police are very suspicious, but it seems as though Estelle might have been fed up enough that she just took off and didn't even, like, tell her friends or family. Yeah. Um, but everybody said that that was, like, super out of um, out of character. Um, even though her sisters were both married, you know, with kids, she could have easily stayed with Becky, who was single and had, like, a whole house to herself. Yeah. Um, also, John had no signs of defensive wounds on him. Um, and since Estelle was about the same height as him and was a, you know, an exercise, you yeah. know, trainer, um, it would have been a pretty fair fight. Yeah, he he wouldn't have probably been able to. Yeah, subdue her without without at least some sort of. Yeah. <sighs> um. So later the same day, they pull Ivy in. Um. So Ivy backed John's alibi stating that they were together on Tuesday um, and that they had stamped receipts from a restaurant and a bar. Oh. Um, because I guess sometimes she paid too. <laughs> um, she said that she had never met Estelle, but she knew that her and John had a rocky relationship and he had promised that they would be separating soon. Oh. They always promise that. They, they? always say that. Um, ladies don't believe it. They never do. <laughs> um, she did not seem worried that Estelle was missing, but assumed that if you're out there, John, I love you. <laughs> she did not seem worried that Estelle was missing, um, but assumed that he had told her about the affair and then she left because she was upset about it. Yeah. Um, so then, like, so they're not getting anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> So the following day, November 11th, a press conference with John and Estelle's parents were broadcast to local media. Um, they said anybody who could come forward with information that um, just to let them know that Estelle was okay, um, they off they offered a $10,000 award. Ooh, $10,000. Yeah, for any information. Um, wait, John and Estelle's parents. Ooh. Oh, John and Estelle's parents. Yeah, together. 
I was like, John and Estelle's parents. That's weird. Together. <laughs> I thought like they both had the same parents. When oh, I they that. did. Oh, they did. I mean, they no. So he that. was there too. So together they offered oh. ten thousand dollars. Well, I mean, yeah, they wanted their baby back. Baby back, baby back. Ribs. Okay, so. Um, another week went by and there was no activity on any of her cards. Um, and before that, there had been no large sums of cash taken out. Okay. Um, the detectives on the case pull surveillance footage from Ivy's apartment complex. And they do see him pulling up to her apartment around 8 p.m. Um, however, they also see it leave again with Ivy in the passenger seat. Um... So that does kind of match the the timeline that we're talking about here. Um, until early of 2018, cell phone records show that the pol- that the phone call and text were made from the cell phone. Oh wait, we're not there yet. Oops, I, I put that in the wrong spot. Um. Oh no, that's right. Okay, so in early 2018, um, so the case kind of goes cold from that point. Okay. Um, because there's nothing else that, you know, like the alibis there, they have this, they're, they're, they just don't understand what happened. Yeah. So in early 18, <clears throat> cell phone records show that the phone call and texts were made from the cell phone tower near Ivy's apartment complex oh. from her phone. Oh, dear. From Estelle's phone. Um, so police, again, asked John about this, and he offers up <laughs> that she might have been nearby trying to follow them and catch them having an affair. Oh, that's possible, but I mean, yeah. It is possible. <laughs> um, but like, so if he didn't come home till late, maybe she was outside. Yeah. Doubtful. But doubtful, yes. Yes, very doubtful. Um, so there's no proof that anything has happened. She just kind of poofed into thin air. Yeah. Um, so John is super shady, but that doesn't prove he did anything. Yeah, that's true. It's all circumstantial. Now, um, a couple of months later on Valentine's day, 2018, Ivy moves into the house. Oh, that's quick. (laughs) Three months. Um, Estelle's family points to the police, um, that they, that he clearly wanted his wife gone, but they can't say that he moved on too quickly. I mean, that's, yeah, there's no log and stuff. Yeah, you can you can cheat on your wife and her move in the next day. Yes. Or the same day. <sighs> same day, yeah. Um, they tried putting some pressure on Ivy for more details, but without any solid, they like completely had to drop everything. So then um John tried to get her declared dead. Um, Estelle. Oh. Yeah. So he went to, um, he went through the channels to try to get her, like a death certificate, but there's laws that it has to be a couple of years or they have to have overwhelming evidence that, yeah. that there has been a death. Okay. And since she just disappeared, there's no blood, there's no bones or anything. There's, there's literally nothing. So, um, he instead tries to petition the courts for a divorce. Hmm. Um, now you can do that. I, I had to look this up. <laughs> um, it's declared as a missing spouse. So like, you know, sometimes spouses just like go to like Europe yeah. or whatever, and it does take months and like you get tied up in a lot of red tape, 
But eventually they do grant him this because there was no sign of her coming back either. Yeah, that's true. Um, and grant him this. What is hmm. that? Okay. I wonder where uh, I'd run away to. <laughs> I think I'd run away to Scotland. Okay. Well, I don't know what my notes just did there. I don't know. Okay, so um, again, the case is just dead cold. It's suspicious, but whatever. So he marries Ivy over the 4th of July weekend of 2019 in a small backyard reception. So they got the divorce. She's not declared dead. She's still missing. So on August 1st, 2019, police publicly announced that there had been a break in Estelle's case, um, but they kept the details to themselves and they were looking to arrest uh, soon due to new surveillance findings. Oh. Yeah. So on August 19th, um, detectives are pulling together video footage of Ivy and John entering a restaurant. And they ordered the food and immediately got it to go. Oh, got it to go. <laughs> um, so even though their food, like their thing was time stamped, it completely, you know, they only spent like 20 minutes there rather than like two hours. Yeah. And then um, they did not show up on any other surveillance until 10 p.m. when they were spotted wearing different clothing at a bar. Oh. Hence their second receipt. Yes. So, um, and I guess the places were close by to each other. So, like, it was like, where did they go for those two hours? Or yeah. Two or three hours or whatever it was. Um, so. You, you, uh. You just have her tied up, and then we'll uh, <laughs> choppy choppy later. Later, like if you're the different clothing is just so suspicious. At least you can say like you went like hooked up in a car or something. But yeah. like, so then on August twenty third, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Ivy calls hysterical to the police because her husband was missing. <gasps> oh no. Oh no. So um they had gotten uh they had woken up. It was um a Friday morning and she went out for her usual morning run and again she was another athlete. So um she was usually gone for about an hour. Yeah. But when she returned, he was nowhere to be found. Oh no. <laughs> the door was unlocked and his phone and wallet were still on the table, but there was no sign of him. Um, but there was a strong overpowering smell of bleach. Oh, no. Um, Ivy said she had not been cleaning, so it must have been John. Um, but after the crime scene texts were called out, they did identify a heavy blood stain in the kitchen that had been recently cleaned. Oh, no. So at this point, now Ivy is under the microscope. <laughs> and um, she's adamant that she had nothing to do with his disappearance. And she has no idea where the blood came from or the cleanup or anything. Mm, she been set up or is she a black widow well within a few hours the police come up with a theory that um she was one who killed estelle yeah tricked john into marrying her and then killed him off too yeah, black widow. probably for life insurance which was valued around 1.3 million dollars oh um and the house is worth a quarter of a million okay so motive at this point ivy broke down and admitted that she didn't or that she did know what happened to estelle but that she didn't do it Mm. Um, she tried to convince that she was very happy with John 
and they were even trying to get pregnant. So she really did not want him dead. And she thinks that Estelle's family and friends were actually planning revenge and setting her up. Oh, man. Um, She's paranoid now. Yeah. So Estelle's parents were in Europe and um, her sisters were like across town. So like there was no way. Perfect place for a hit. (laughs) There was no way that they could have done it. Um, So pushed into a corner, Ivy admits that she knew what happened to Estelle, but not to John. Yeah. And she proclaimed her innocence, but struck a deal um, to hold on the charges for John until like they have more evidence, whatever. Um, if they can have a plea deal in regards to Estelle. Yeah. So after convening with the DA, they agree that um, she can be, she will only be charged in um, charged for concealment in Estelle's disappearance. Yeah. Um, but they will wait until John is located before they move any further. And they'll probably do some more plea deals Mm. if she is um, working with them. So here's the story of what happened. Okay. What really happened? So poor Estelle, she was just trying to live her life on Tuesday around six, Estelle confronted John about the affair and told him she was leaving to stay with her friend and that he wanted her to leave permanently. Oh. So she said that she was so, uh, he said she was so upset that he ran from, she ran from the bedroom and he found her at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. Um, he then left the house with the lights off and went to pick up Ivy with her body in the back of the truck. Oh. So he, she had one of those things that covered the body. Yeah. And he explained that he found her, that she had found out about the affair and flung herself down the stairs. Um, And he said that the cops would never believe it was an accident and begged Ivy to help him Mm. um, because there was no way that they would believe it was an accident. Yeah. Um, So in this way they could finally be together, you know, everything was coming together. Yeah. So then they drove to a wooded area west of the city and buried her, stopping along the way to grab dinner and drinks to complete the alibi. Mm. The next morning, Ivy texted um, Alana and Becky pretending to have fallen asleep from illness. And she called Estelle's workplace and called in sick using the guise of strep throat to mask her voice because she had a little bit of a deeper voice makes sense makes sense um ivy was then dropped off at her apartment and showed up to work as usual and john worked at the same place um they made sure to clean and high five on the way (laughs) yep um they made sure to clean john's truck to hide any evidence um and police were completely blown away by the story but it all made sense um except for the whole she fell on the steps thing. Yep. So they had Ivy take them to her body, which was located off a road near Beeman Park. Okay. And an, opt- an autopsy blah, 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 had been completed on the skeletal remains, and it was identified to be Estelle. Um, but she had a broken hyoid bone and no skull fracture. Oh. Which means that she was m- most likely manually strangled. Oh. Um. So this like tore Ivy apart because she really thought that it was an accident. Yeah. So an arrest warrant is currently out for John. Um, police believe he might have been met with foul play, but they're not ruling out that he just faked his own death. Um, mm. Especially because they were closing in on him. 
Oh man. So isn't that crazy? That's wild. Oh. What do you think about that? Oh, I think he's outside our door right now. <laughs> you want to know what's even crazier? What? I made the whole thing up. Oh. <laughs> oh, you Did you know that I made it up? No. So I made it up based on Taylor Swift's song. Oh, yeah? He did it? Mm. Just think about the lyrics. Your turn. They met on Tuesday for um, for dinner at Olive Garden. Yeah. And then <laughs> he did it, but they can't prove it. Yeah. And then... <laughs> You're just proud of yourself, aren't you? I am so proud of myself. And... Um, yeah, you're doing research listening to Taylor Swift's lyrics. <laughs> That's why you weren't chuckling as much as because you were trying to hold it back. That's why you weren't <laughs> laughing at my jokes. So then, you know, like Becky was the best friend. Yeah. Who actually killed him and made it look like an act like he ran away. Yeah. And it made it look like like the the um mm. the mistress did it. Mm. <laughs> what do you think? No. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. I don't like being tricks. See, now you know how I feel. Yeah. And there's so many Easter eggs in there about Taylor Swift, too. I was really, like, afraid that you were going to catch on. No, I don't pay attention to half the stories you tell. I know, but, like, and all of you other Taylor Swift fans out there. Oh, like, Starlight, or Starlight, and enchanted and all of the dates were the dates like her albums came out oh okay <laughs> well how am i gonna remember the I dates know, but here? that's what made it even better because they were such random dates yeah <laughs> oh and i use the names because it's Estee's a friend of mine so i picked estelle yeah and ivy's another song about cheating oh you turned and <laughs> and then um See, Sophie doesn't even like it either. <laughs> so, uh, you think I did a good job? I think you did a good job. You did good. I'm so glad. I made that whole... I've been working on this for two weeks. Yeah? Two weeks? I couldn't get the timeline to match up well, yeah. and I wanted to throw you off with the Wednesday-Thursday thing. Okay. Gotcha. Oh. Now, after that, it's time for... Wah, wah. Jason's Corner. Be happier for Jason's Corner. I'm I'm depressed for Jason's Corner. I'm sorry that I uh, you bamboozled broke, you. Broke Jason's Corner. <laughs> no, okay. Happy Jason's Corner, go. Alright, happy Jason's Corner. Alright, what other songs would you choose for a murder? Go. Oh shit, I don't... Face a murder off. Well, I mean, Jenny was a friend of mine was based off of a murder. Oh yeah, it's true, it was. Um... <laughs> I don't, do you have any songs based off of that? Uh, die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker, die. <laughs> um, I Want to Be Your Man by, uh, I forget who that's by right now, but End Ever, End Ever After. Oh. That's kind of like that song. Oh, what about um, that Ramona song? Oh, yeah, by Hobson. Yeah. yeah. She's stalking me. <laughs> Ramona, 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 Ramona. Um, I'm trying to. Well, I mean, there's a really big, they're not called the Dixie Chicks anymore, but the Chicks. The Chicks. Um, They had a song, something about Earl's song or something that's similar. Oh. It's about a murder. Okay. I've heard. I don't listen to the Chicks. I don't like them. Mm, yes. Sorry, I, everybody. I was ruined by but, them. Ruined to them. 
as a child. Oh yeah, your mom liked them. Yes. Well, when um, they were from Dixie. Yeah, they are no longer that. They are no longer from Dixie. They're, they're no just, longer hailed. They're from just Dixie. chicks. <laughs> they're just chicks. Um, but yeah, apparently that's like a murdery song too. Okay. So people said that like that song walked so that Taylor Swift could run. Oh yes. So she took inspiration. So I want you then I want you to envision there's a song written about your murder. About my murder? Yes, your murder. Where are you running away to? Where are you running away to? That murder was real. Where are you hiding? What country? You mean like I'm like eventually you're on the run. Oh, you're, so you're, I'm the one you're, who you're, murdered you're, someone? You're no, well I don't know what you're getting. You're, at. you're either you're either on the run, you murdered somebody, or like you're on the run from being murdered. Let's do the on from being murdered. On so from that, being murdered, yes. That's so more that charity. we're not like murdered. Yes, people. you didn't do anything bad. Okay, so if I'm on the run from being murdered by a crazy stalker, yeah, potentially ex-husband or husband. Oh, wink, so wink, where would nudge, I go nudge. that you wouldn't find stare, me? Stare, stare, <laughs> stares, daggers. I feel like so like one of my favorite not one of my favorite movies but it's a, it's a top one it's called Safe Haven okay and she's running away from an abusive husband okay so she goes to this really small town and of course she falls in love with like Josh Dumal which okay yeah if that really happened in real life but um so she just goes to, like this tiny tiny small town in North Carolina and like dyes her hair and cuts her hair and she just becomes like a waitress. Yeah. I think that was a good way to go. They did find her. Oh, you'd go back to be waitressing? No. <laughs> Not even if, if you were being stalked by a murderous husband. I would you would never some... go back to me. I would find something else to do. Okay. I, you'd be a farmhand <laughs> before you went oh, back to waitressing. Well, I don't know about that one either. <laughs> You're throwing me under the bus. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I should go to Mexico. Maybe you should. <laughs> With your newfound Spanish DNA. Yeah, um, I am apparently 3% Spanish. Which, you know, means hail from Spain. Not... Yeah, I'm not I'm not from Mexico. I am apparently from Spain. You are pure-blooded Spanish. Which is why I'm so spicy. Spicy. Yes. Yeah, I have a lot of... I actually, I got a, a percentage of Eastern European in there, too. Yes. So, yes. you know. But anyways, I would go somewhere I could blend in. Yeah. Which would be, I don't know, like maybe, I'm trying to think of where you wouldn't think of me to go. Mm. I would go somewhere cold because I hate cold weather so much that there's no way that Jason would look for me in cold weather. You should go to Sweden. I was thinking more like Maine. Mm. Or can maybe Boston because it's so big that like it'd be hard to find somebody in Boston. Or you could go to like Kenya. I never look for you in Kenya. <laughs> I wouldn't look for myself in Kenya. Exactly. Not that there's anything wrong with like Kenya. No, but you'd get to see you'd get to see like giraffes. But like I'd be killed from a lion because I don't know boundaries. You'd be like, oh, pretty kitty. (laughs) Like, look, the cheetah's so nice. Um, where would you go? Uh, I don't know. I'd probably go to Tokyo. Why? Uh, I like sushi. Um, I like, I like all the billboards and the lights Mm. and I like the train that goes really fast. The bullet train. The bullet train. But okay. So if you think about it, you want to go somewhere that's cheaper than America because if you have American dollars, 
Yes. If you have a high exchange rate, then you could live better. But Tokyo, like... Yeah, the exchange rate's fine. Don't they have, like, a really, really high cost of living, though? Yeah. So, I mean, like, that wouldn't be fun. No, but you'd just rent. You couldn't buy there, no. No, but if you go somewhere cheaper... No, you just live in a cube. Like, I could go to Eastern So, I'd be, Europe. like, I'd, I'd live in a cube, but basically with how fat I am, it'd basically <laughs> be, like, butter in a stick, stick roll. So... So you'd be like shoving, shoving. You would be, down you up. would stick out so well in Japan because you were tall and. No, I just chunky. got a job, job as a sumo wrestler. Okay, fair, fair. fair. I think I can't slap other fat people around. <laughs> or I'd be a model for. for It'd be like me going to Sweden. They'd be like this short, fat, dark-haired girl. Like, what the hell is she doing in Sweden? Exactly. You'd I'd stick out like a sore thumb. You'd be a model. No, no. Sweden would be a model. Swedish women and women are already models. Um, that's why you'd be different. That's true. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Yep. Um, what else you got for us? Um, I think uh what else can I ask? Oh, this week we're so we've just been so blindsided. You mean by this week? Yeah. Yeah, our car, well, Jason's car, yeah, was supposed to just get a battery change. It was supposed to be really easy. It was supposed to take 20 minutes, and now his car's been out the shop all day. Yeah, and it fried my computer. Really? Is that what they said? No. Oh, you Probably just did. assumed. Well, I hope I'm not. I'm assuming. That's very expensive, so I hope not. Oh, hashtag disappointed. <laughs> hashtag. I, I hope they just installed the battery incorrectly. Hashtag they didn't. Hashtag they did not do something right hi sophie yeah she just brought us her ball um all right if you had to name a dog that you could choose the name of like i didn't monopolize like everything in your life mm -hmm. you know because i do that yeah what would you choose for a dog's name um well i mean i did have a puggle that i named edgar allen puggle yeah he was crazy, though, mm -hmm. so we had to give him to somebody who could take care of him. Well, to be fair, Edgar Allan Poe was crazy. That's, that's true. Um, I would probably want to do something like that that's like a punny name. Oh, if you had a bear, it'd be William Shakespeare. <laughs> I like that. But um, I also really like having uh, human names for my pets because then... Like when we're at the store and the grocery clerk is like, oh, you got a lot of snacks. It must be for your kids. And you're like, <laughs> literally this happened the other day. And we're like, oh, yeah, Sophie is going to be five and Sam's going to be four. Yep. They're at home with their Uncle Nick right now. <laughs> yep. So. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Good. So maybe since I don't ever have plan on having like actual children, I would just use the children names that I would yeah, have used. I think so. You could use Rosa for my kids. I'd use Rosa. Rosa? Or Rosalita or <laughs> Rosafina. <laughs> Rosafina. Rosafina. I would use Isabel. 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 Karina. Karina. Hans. I'm just kidding. Hans, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else you got going no, on? No, I can't think of it. Well, happy 50th episode. Happy 50th episode. Yeah, you celebrated in style. I celebrated sneakily. Sneakily. With 
I can't believe you didn't catch on because I was like giggling the whole time and I was trying not to. No, I didn't see you giggle at all. Did you take like <laughs> some mood depressants? No, I was trying really hard oh, not to giggle. I didn't even know, you bitch. So I'm just happy because for once I I bamboozled pulled wool, you. Pulled the wool over my eyes. Bamboozled. 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 Well, I guess until next week where I'll do an actual real murder. All right. Until next week. We're gonna we're gonna buy GameStop stock. Just kidding! Don't do that. Oh yeah, since this is basically a time capsule, how about that crazy GameStop? Okay, uh. anyways. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Bye.